Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode uh, here at Fresh Perspective Planning Podcast. My name is Michael Mazaritsky. I'm your co-host for today. I'm president of Milestone Asset Management Group, a fee-only wealth management firm with offices in Avon and Milford. And joining me is my partner in crime, who also runs our Milford office, Rich Lopresti. Hey, Rich. Hey, how are you? Happy October. Yes, my friend. Uh, happy October hmm. to you as well. Oktoberfest is c- can't come soon enough, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but today is a pretty cool episode. Uh, I, I think the topic that we're going to cover today, uh, we've received a lot of questions on. And as a matter of fact, we just wrote an article about it in our blog post on our website, uh, milestoneamg.com, if anybody would like to go check it out. But uh, the topic that we're going to talk today about has to do with pensions. What do you think about that, Rich? Uh, one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, yes, it is. It's, uh, you know, I know you and I got into this industry almost at the same time. I, I got into it in mid 2000s. I think you beat me by a, a little bit. Mm. Um, but so we've done it for quite some times. And I, I know we, I witnessed this huge transformation in the space of pensions where companies used to have pension was like a norm and it's not anymore, right? It uh, right. becomes more and more rarer to see a pension being offered uh, at a company, huh? Yeah, well, I almost had a pension. I did for a couple of years, um, and then uh, they closed that down, and, and they rolled it into the uh, the 401k. Um, at least that's what I did. I mean, you could have cashed it up, but not not ready for that income yet. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. We actually worked for the same company, so I was... Uh, that's when they cashed us out and put this into the 401k plan. But nevertheless, there are some companies, uh, you know, primarily a lot of state employees and some corporate firms, they still offer or have clients that have been what we call grandfathered in. So in other words, the company is no longer offering pension as an option to new employees, but when they've made the decision to get away from pension, they'd had a certain amount of employees that's been with the company for a long period of time. So they allow them to keep their pension benefit, but they just wouldn't be offering it to new employees. Um, so if you are uh, one of the lucky ones that has a dilemma of what to do with your pension, this is a great episode for you to listen to. Is we're going to kind of go through and dissect different options, pros and cons, and different things you can do with your pension. What, why should you do this over that? And of course, if you have any questions or if you need some clarification or if we can be of any assistance in clarifying this to you, you can always reach out to us. Uh, our email is info at milestoneamg.com or you can call us at 860-259-4800. So without further ado, let's just uh, let's jump right into it, Rich. So what do you, in your experience, what is the uh, top question that you're being asked uh, around the subject? Well, what do I do? I mean, uh, everybody's situation is unique, but the main question is, what do I do? Because it's a decision that you, you really can't take back once you elect to take that decision. So you really don't want to mess that one up. So that's that's the main, main decision, main question. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And for those listeners who might not necessarily know what Rich is referring to, uh, is when you have a pension benefit that you are able to collect, um, usually a retirement timeframe, that benefit could, you know, grows and it has a certain interest rate attached to it. So it grows. There's a formula that's being calculated every year. But when it 
it's time for you to collect your pension, you have a lot of different options. You have different choices. You can do an annuity. You can take a lump sum. If you want to do an annuity, there's different options on how to do an annuity. So the point of today's show is to kind of clarify those options for you and hopefully make it a little bit better for you to understand and read those thick documents you get, uh, as we call them pension calculations. I think they're, what, about 40, 50 pages long? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to go through, a lot to dissect. And, you know, the first place you go is to, to the HR department and uh, They'll give you all those pages of all the different options and kind of show you what your benefit is at a certain date, when you take it, if you take this, if you take that. And that's really where the analysis comes in because it's all mathematics, right? You know, that's where you can can come up with an idea of what to do. But most individuals <laughs> that aren't in the financial service industry that don't like to crunch numbers and do an analysis, uh, really, you know, their head starts to spin and, um, you know, they really don't know how to make an informed decision. And sometimes they make decisions that they they might regret. So that's exactly. why we're here to uh, give a fresh perspective on on the pension decision. That is true. So let's just jump right into it. So as we talked a little bit uh, just a few minutes ago, when you have a pension, you are presented with two choices. You can take what they call the income stream when you get a monthly paycheck coming to you, or you can take a lump sum. So let's start with the pension income stream. Rich, do you want to go over different ways that someone can collect that income stream usually? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you collect it, you can do a single life option. Single life option means that you were the employee, you were the person who worked 20, 30, 40 years at, at the corporation. And when you retire, you turn on the option to have a stream of income that comes to you for the rest of your life. And then obviously the problem with that is, you know, if you have a family and if something happened to you, if, if you passed unexpectedly, well, that whole entire pension benefit basically disappears, kind of goes out the window. So that's kind of an easy one that most people don't take. And they usually elect to take either uh, a single life option with a period certain, or they look for, you know, like a joint life with their spouse. But anytime, Mike, you add one of these options to it, your pension benefit goes down. So for an example, I just recently had had a client, it's a smaller pension. <clears throat> they were grandfathered in, but then they cut it off. So it was $195,000 lump sum pension. And for a single life for this gentleman, he would get $1,234.91 a month or a little bit under $15,000 a year if he took the single life. Now, if he took the joint life, he'll get $1,000 a month and a little under uh, 12300 a year. So it, it's, it's quite substantial. Um, the other one that I mentioned was the, the period certain. The period certain means that if I had a 10-year period certain, means that I, the beneficiary of the pension who, I, who took the pension, I would be receiving those payments for the rest of my life. But if I live for five years there is another five years that my beneficiaries can collect. So usually you want to have a period certain that goes as many years to the break-even, which is the break-even means you get your, your money back. So in this person's case, the break-even is you know, about 13, 14 years before they start getting their, they get all their money back from, from the pension. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's kind of back up a little bit and just kind of give you guys an example of what that means. So let's say you are retiring and 
you are faced with a lump, a pension amount of let's say $500,000 just to make things simple. When you go in and, and, and turn on an income stream, so the calculations, as Rich alluded to, you can do a single life, you can put a certain time frame on it to get paid out over time. When you select an annuity as an option, either one of them, that $500,000 that you had as a lump sum, as this pot of money that accumulated for you by your employer, goes to an insurance company. Yeah, they basically kind of take this money and they shift it away from you. That's irreversible. It's gone. Now that insurance company that's assuming the risk for that pension in some instances is paying that money out to you or it's going to a pot. And every month you get a paycheck, basically, just like you were when, when you were working. When you have a single life pension, meaning your only life that's insured is yours. So if you take this $500,000 lump sum of money and you give it away, you start collecting, you collect two, three, four, five payments, and then you get hit by a bus, the payments <laughs> stop. There's nothing happens afterwards. The company gets to keep the money. The money's staying wherever it's at, insurance company. You don't have it anymore. There is nothing being paid out to your wife, significant other, partner, kid. It, it, it's gone. Yeah, it's not, not your asset anymore. <laughs> it's not yours. That's why you take on all the risk. And that's why when you take a single life annuity or a single life pension, you get the biggest payment possible because there's no other life that's being insured on it. Now, if you fast forward this a little bit and uh, you look at the period certain annuity, what that basically means is that the company gives you a choice. They say, okay, well, we'll take that $500,000 and we'll make that payment to you, which would be slightly lower than single life. But you know what? We're going to guarantee this payment for, let's say, 10 years. So if in the same example, you take two or three payments, you get by a bus. For the next 10 years, somebody is going to be receiving that payment. And then it stops. Whether that payment is enough to collect the entire $500,000, you got to look at the numbers and you got to kind of run them back and see. Uh, but the more contingencies you add, to who else is going to get paid if something happens to the primary breadwinner, if you will, for the pension, the less of a payment um, that you will be receiving. Would you agree with that? I would, Mike. And you know, I would just kind of add to that. I mean, most people, when they want to take the pension, is is for a guaranteed income source, right? Because mm -hmm. they've been working their entire life and they're 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 used to getting a paycheck. So, you know, they get a steady, predictable payment for for their life or joint life. So it's security of a, a regular paycheck replacement. So sometimes people don't look further than that. Um, and on the surface, it looks good because you get a higher cash flow, which just simply means you, they're giving you more of your own money back, <laughs> right? Than you might normally take on your own if, if you were managing on your own, you know, because the insurance company is taking, taking that risk. They take the money away like, like, like Michael had alluded to. And then, you know, other reasons people take it is because you know, it can't be taken away by Medicaid because it's already the, the lump sum's already taken away by the insurance company. And then I guess one of the most important reasons that that people take it is it's kind of a perceived investment risk. They they, they think that you know no matter what the stock market's doing, they're always going to get that consistent paycheck. You know they don't realize that it's going to be the same consistent paycheck their entire life. There's no cola adjustment, which just means cost of living adjustment, and it's it's. In my personal opinion, it's a it's a terrible deal. But for some people, it may 
makes sense, you know, uh, again, for that predictable, you know, paycheck replacement because uh, they're unsure how to replace their paycheck on their own. Yeah. You know, with uh, their assets. And before we even jump even into that, so the, the third way to collect a pension, which I think is the most popular way to deal with, is called the joint with the right of survivorship. And essentially what this means is you go to the insurance company and you say, hey, listen, I'm married or I have a partner or I have a spouse. Um, and I would like for that payment to continue on to them if something were to happen to me. And then you have to determine whether you want the exact same payment to continue to them for the rest of their life. 50% of your original payment, 75 you get different continuation percentages. Obviously, depending on which one you choose determines how much you will be receiving while you're alive, uh, which would be less than single life. So most couples uh, that have uh, elected to receive an income from the pension uh, would choose some sort of a joint and survivor process. Now, just to give you an example, again, you have $500,000, you give it to the insurance company, you say, okay, if I, I'm getting $1,000 a month, but if I die, I want 50% to go, continue to go to my spouse until she passes away. So when you pass away, she continues to get 500 bucks per month till she passes away. Some flaws with that strategy would be that if both of you die right you know, within two or three payments, like I said before, get it by bus, insurance companies keep the money. There's no continuation to your kids. The monies right. are gone. Um, which doesn't sit well necessarily with a lot of people. Now, um, as Rich alluded to, uh, who is the pension income right for? Somebody who is extremely market risk averse, doesn't want to take any risk whatsoever. Uh, they want a predictable income that's coming to them every single month. You know, This is kind of what makes them happy. Otherwise, it gives them anxiety because it's, it's moving around. So for some people, it could be a good solution. But I think the more, the larger the lump sum benefit is, the more you kind of have to think about, okay, well, what else can I do with it? Do I really want to kind of put that all on there? Yeah. You know, right. And give it all and to the insurance payment, company. Yeah. And those payments also are taxable too. <laughs> you know, they're coming out as, as it's not coming out obviously as, as income and you really have no control over that. So if it is a larger sum, it could be bumping you into another tax bracket, which is not good. You have no control over it where in a lump sum, you, you, you know, depending upon your situation, you could even, possibly convert some of that to a Roth, uh, you know, tax-free vehicle as well. So, but again, I'm jumping, jumping ahead. No, 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 you're absolutely right. Um, what, what Rich is referring to is what's called the second option, which is the lump sum. Now, the, 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 now the, before we move on to the lump sum, I just want to say something else, that the pension payments could be reduced. If you go back and you look at what happened with airlines, uh, back in 08, 09, their pension benefits were reduced. So now there are some pension protection guarantees now in place and so on and so forth. But your pension payment can be lowered. So if your company hasn't fully funded their pension benefit account, it's 80% funded or 70% funded or 60% funded. Uh, now they have certain requirements now, but there is a chance that that particular payment could be reduced down the line, even if you have annuitized it. In other words, turned on the income stream in certain instances, it could potentially be reduced. And it has happened right. before. It, it has happened, Michael. And um, so ERISA, which is the Employment Retirement Income Security Act, created the PBGC, which is the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Yeah. And their sole job is to restore part of a lost pension income due to a company becoming insolvent. So it's it's something that is not guaranteed uh, t for you to get back. And, you know, the companies that do have legacy pensions, 
you know, General Electric is one of them. You know, they're trying their best to get out of that obligation because it's a legacy cost for these companies and it's also prohibiting them to grow because it's such a big expense uh, for the company. But uh, that's just a side note. So, you know, nothing, nothing is guaranteed, even though it says it's guaranteed. Exactly. <laughs> so, just, just something to be. Taxes, as they say. <laughs> that's right. Just something to kind of be aware of. So I, I, I totally uh, uh, I agree with that. Now it hasn't happened often, but it has happened in the past. So I figure we should probably just pull that up and bring that up a little bit. But now let's go ahead and just kind of switch to the second part of this discussion. Is it okay? Well, you, we've discussed what you can do with the income. Uh, from the annuitization perspective, getting the income to a monthly basis and your spouse and different ways you can do that. Uh, but a lot of times you have an option to do what's called a lump sum uh, distribution where you actually take possession of your lump sum. You want to go over a little bit about uh, over that, Rich? Well, a lump sum distribution allows you, you know, full control over your assets. You're allowed to roll that over into an IRA rollover. You know, and as I alluded before, from there you could even convert some of that to to a Roth. But in the IRA, you can do anything uh, within that. So uh, you have access to all the investments that are out there, from you know CDs to bonds to stocks to mutual funds to exchange traded funds. You know, you can have someone manage that account for you as well. Um, and if you don't need the income, you can also allow it to grow. So you know, it's 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 a pretty good option if you have a planned. If you have a retirement plan in place, if you want to control your income, if you want to control your taxes. And, you know, honestly, it's not <laughs> that hard to to manage that rollover. And I can give you uh, a quick example. If I go back to the couple that I, I just had met with, with the, the $195,000 rollover, you know, hypothetically, if they, they might just get a, a 3% return in the market, and this is saying they're not spending money, you know, they'll grow that 195 to 260. Hypothetically, if they grow it at a 6% rate, it grows to 340. They grow it at 9%, they grow it to $437,000. And the reason why I'm saying this is because if they took that single life option, remember back to when they were getting about 15,000 a year, in 10 years, they would have only gotten back $150,000 of the 195. In this particular case, their break even is 13 years, which means that they'll actually get $195,000 back after 13 years. And from then on, you know, they'll be, be living off of the insurance company's money. But if you roll that into an account and you grew it at a six year pace, a 6% pace after 15 years, you'd be at about 450,000. And after 15 years of getting it in the single life annuity, you're only at $222,000. So it's a huge difference. Now, there are two totally different approaches, right? But the reason why it works and it works easily is because pensions are expensive. You know, the insurance companies are lumping your money with everybody else's money. They're taking the risk with your money. They're investing it in the market and other places. Um, insurance companies, if you look, uh, you know, search Google Bitcoin and insurance companies, your insurance companies are investing in Bitcoin, <laughs> right? So it's totally risk averse. Uh, I mean, you think it's risk averse. They're, they're taking a lot of risk with, with, with your funds to grow because they feel and they know that they're going to be able to grow that money a lot more than what they're actually going to give you. So um, I know I rambled on a little bit there, but it's just mathematics, Michael. And, uh, you know, if it works right for someone's situation, you can be way ahead. And then the other benefit is 
is you have that money if you get hit by a bus. Or if you convert it to a Roth, well, you have tax-free inheritance to, to your beneficiaries. Or you grow it and you can spend it. You can easily take out you know, 4%, 5% probably per year off of that, creating your own income stream, right? So it's just, it's definitely worth exploring your options. Yeah, no, and so, so just to kind of uh, back up a little bit, and what Rich is referring to is when you take a lump sum, what that means basically is you take possession of the accounts. Now, what I mean by saying take possession is that you don't physically pay taxes on it. You're just taking it out of the insurance company's hands, and now it's in your um, IRA. So you do what's called a direct rollover. So you move it from one account to an IRA, so it's not a taxable transaction for you. But now you can turn around and you have full control over it. You can invest it, you can grow it. Hopefully the market cooperates and usually does uh, over a longer period of time. Uh, but then if, any, if anything happens to you, 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 your beneficiaries get to hold on to the money. So you basically now are in charge of that asset. Now, are there guarantees that it's going to grow? No, not at all. However, when you look at things and you look at the market, it usually goes up over a longer period of time. So I guess the question then becomes, okay, well, how do I determine? How do I know what's the best option for me? Do I do a lump sum? Do I do a pension? How does it impact myself, uh, my, my plan longer term? And that's exactly what you should do. You should have a plan. You know, when we have prospective clients that come to us and they do have pension plans, the first thing out of their mouth is, Mike and, and Rich, like, what do I do? Do I do a lump sum? Do I do an annuity? And I always tell them, I don't know. Let's figure it out. Let's plug in your information. Let's run a plan and let's see which one benefits you the most. Let's not guess. Let's calculate the numbers. Let's put both options on the table, pros and cons, systematic Monte Carlo outcomes. And then you can clearly determine which option is better for you and which one is not. And then you can make a determination and, and that's a decision that you're going to have to live with, but at least you'll have all the data points that you need uh, in order for you to make that choice. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. hundred percent. Because once you do make that choice, it's, 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 it's irreversible, right? So if you decide to do a pension annuity option, you can't change your mind. Like even with social security, you have 12 months to change your mind. You don't have a choice to do it here. And you can't really do much planning if you do an annuity and the income is coming at you every single month. Well, now you have to add that to your social security income that you're going to be getting. Most of the time, social security and your pension doesn't cover all of your expenses. So you're going to have to still dip in to some of your supplemental savings. And all of that creates this perfect storm of what we call provisional income, which is the number that IRS looks at to determine how much of your social security you're going to have to pay income taxes on. And if, as Rich said, if you go through it and you say, gee, you know what? I'm not spending enough. I'm not spending everything that I'm getting. I'm just not paying taxes and I'm, I'm, I'm accumulating this in my bank account. Well, guess what? You cannot stop your annuity payments. They're going to keep coming and you're going to have to keep paying taxes on it where you'd certainly have more flexibility on an IRA side of the equation. Anything else you want to add to that, Rich? Yeah, I mean that makes that makes a lot of sense. And you know, just back to, to the the monthly amount that you get from a single life option, you know, or a joint life, anything. I mean, it, it might actually look pretty attractive now. You might say, oh, you know, maybe it can pay for my mortgage, or maybe it can pay for a vacation, or you know, it could pay for a few nights out, um, depending upon how how large your pension is. But the amount of money that you get from the pension, unlike Social Security, which has a cost of living adjustment. 
is going to remain the same, you know, today, tomorrow, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And, you know, based on historical inflation, half of your pension income is going to be eroded over time, just, just like a hidden theft that you don't even see. You know, if you retire at 65 in 25 and 20, you know, 20 years when you're 85, the pension income will really have half of its value based on purchasing power, you know, based on what, what historical rates of inflation are. So, you know, that's something that you don't see because you look at a dollar as a dollar as a dollar, but, you know, over time that, you know, <laughs> that the purchasing power goes, goes down and uh, yeah. sometimes, sometimes drastically. Yeah, I mean, think about gas prices 10 years ago. I mean, I remember when they were 99 cents a gallon. I mean, it's right now it's you know, pushing forward. And that, yeah. And that's why people invest. And that's, you know, that's 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 why people invest in good companies and in good places and spots in the market. Yeah, you know inflation is high when the social security call adjustment is forced to be closer to 5%, which is the largest if I don't know if it's ever the largest yeah. ever or the second largest ever, but Yeah. You know, that's the program that's running out of money by 2034 yeah. or something like that. And uh, they are forced to give you a 5% call adjustment because inflation is off the charts. At this point, you're not going to get there with, a, <laughs> right. with an annuity income. Now, it still might be the right option for you. I'm not telling you to go ahead and just do the lump sum. Or do the, you need to have a plan. Our job is to kind of come together and say, okay, here's different variances. Here's different options that's available to you. Pros and cons of one versus the other. But th that cola adjustment is definitely uh, a killer, in my opinion, when it comes down to, uh, to to pension income streams. Yeah. You know, the other thing, again, that lumps that lump sum, if if you don't roll it over and you give it to the insurance company, if, if you know, God forbid, a big emergency happened, you know, medical expenses or, you know, your grandchildren's college or you needed a new roof or you wanted to move, you don't, you can't, you can't tap into those funds. There's no emergency fund there. So you need to have, you know, funds elsewhere that you can tap into. And if those funds happen to be in an IRA, well, <laughs> that's also going to bump up your income because now you have, are forced to take more money out of there. You know, it's, you have to be strategic with all of these things and look at the different angles. And that's the point of going through this process because it's an irrevocable decision that you can't change. So you have to make an educated decision. I mean, you don't have to, but <laughs> your your wife it's or your encouraged. spouse might uh, <laughs> might be upset with you uh, down the line. <laughs> it, it's encouraged, and I and I think that the most important thing you can do, uh, uh, if if you learn anything from any of our episodes, this one or the ones that we've done before, is you need to have a plan. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan that's simple to understand, uh, but at the same time, you have to go through and really look at the numbers to determine. What's best for you? Because what might be best for you is not the same thing that's best for your neighbor or your buddy or your coworker. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's income needs are different and so on. So it's just important to not generalize everything. But the point is, is that you got to go make a plan. Sit down with the fee-only fiduciary. Take a look and see what the plan looks like. So it'll cost you a couple of thousand dollars. Believe me, you're yeah. much better off paying that. But avoiding a fiasco five years into your decision-making, which you cannot go back and change now. And that's going to cost you a lot more than the amount of money you're going to spend yeah. on putting a plan in place. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You got to look at the whole whole picture. You know, what's important to you and your family? I mean, it's not only the numbers, but it's, you know, all the touchy-feely, wishy-washy kind of stuff. You know, the important things for your family, you know, based on your your needs, goals, you know, your targets, and you know, anything that, that you know, how you want to live 
your, your life, you know, and then obviously your risk tolerance, but also what your, you know, essential income expenses are. What, you know, what do I need to have, you know, on a, on, on a monthly basis? Does this cover it? Will it not cover it? You know, are those expenses going to go up? Is it going to change, you know, tax ramifications, you know, what are your discretionary income needs? Do you, you want to have a second home? Do you want to travel? I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of stuff. And then it's topped that with life expectancy. You know, no one has a crystal ball, but, you know, if you have longevity in your family, well, you know, you, you, you're going to need to plan for a pretty, pretty long time. And I mean, if you're collecting a pension for 40 or 50 years, well, that's, I mean, it's pretty good, but, you know, again, it's going to, it's going to erode that, that purchasing power. So from a financial planning standpoint, retirement planning standpoint, it's, it's definitely, prudent, you know, pragmatic to kind of, you know, look, look at all of these things, uh, especially when you're, you're approaching retirement. Yep. Could not have said it better myself. So uh, I know we try to keep our episodes to about 30 minutes. So I think as we've wrapped this up, I think a couple of key points to take away is there is no right or wrong way to do this. You know, there are pros and cons to many, like to everything else in life. I don't think it's just applicable to pensions. Um, anything you do there, there are pros and, pros and cons to your decision-making process. Uh, we here at Milestone believe that your decision should be driven by numbers and uh, it should be driven by a plan rather than a guessing game. Uh, but when it comes down to pension, again, there's many different ways to skin the cat, if you will. You can definitely take a look at uh, many different ways of collecting it. One might be better than the other for you. But I think it's important to come in, take a look at the plan, put things together. And uh, you know, if there are any questions, if you guys have any, anything that we can clarify for you, just feel free to reach out to us. Um, and uh, anything you want to add to this, Rich, as we uh, wrap up here? No, I mean, I, I think you said it. I think you nailed it uh, on the head. I mean, you know, speak to someone. I mean, it doesn't have to be us, but you definitely should speak to someone who is informed about this, is educated about this, and, and do your due diligence, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's the best thing you can do. The best amount of money you can invest in, in putting in the right plan is is now. So, with that said, I, I want to thank you all for listening in. Thank you, Rich, for tuning in and being my uh, co-host for the day here. And um, we'll be back with uh, new episodes uh, uh, very very shortly. All right, terrific. <laughs>